Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John Zella. And we are back with another episode of the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with my good buddy, John Zella. What's up, pal? Not a whole lot. Enjoyed the Rangers-Islander game and the victory the Islanders had there. Uh, offensive explosion. We'll get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's get to On the Island brought to you by DraftKings. This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details let's talk about the previous week that was um and i gotta tell you look look going through this process of you know my wedding is friday so i haven't been able to like be super focused on the games but from what i've seen and what i've gathered um the offense isn't doing too hot and they slipped two to boston right two in a row we we went five and zero against them. Now we're five and two, which is still good. But we dropped two. Then we go into Philly, win win a one nothing game, and then tonight we'll talk about the offensive explosion. Hopefully that's the floodgates that we're looking for. But I don't know, man. Uh, those two games against Boston looked looked pretty bad. Is there concern there for you? What are you, what are you thinking? I think that little like the two Boston games and Philly are a concern for me. Not at, not at this time of the year. Now. The the saving grace to this is I this is right after the trade deadline. This is two new guys in the lineup. This is with some injuries popping up with Bailey who returned tonight and Clutterbuck who is still out. Um and thinking back to last season when Peugeot, Peugeot's seven games, he scored in his first two games, he fought Truba, looked like it was good, 
And then it was a lot of goose eggs, uh, or as my old boss would say, big old uh, swig of block letter worth of <laughs> activity um, the, re- the rest of the way there. And it would take until the postseason for Pajot and the Islanders to really turn it around. Mm-hmm. So considering there's the Palmieri, there's Zajac getting into the lineup, and plus these injuries, I'm concerned but hopeful because of what happened last year that it's just going to take some time. They actually have a little more time this season considering they have their, are they at the seven game mark? I don't know what, how many games they play with the others. Um, it's gotta be seven at this point. Cause they played three of the, the previous week when we did the show and now it's four, yeah. including tonight. So they're, they're at seven now. Um, Palmieri looked great tonight. You know, yes. he looked like, he looked like a very different player tonight and that's good, right? That's at the seven game mark. Yeah. Um, maybe things get turned around. Um, I don't I think really he know drew, what to I think he drew three penalties tonight against the Rangers. Yeah, his, his feet were moving. He was he was going yeah. in the net hard. He, you know, he's using his body to protect the puck. And you're gonna draw keep you know keep his feet moving. He's gonna draw penalties like that. So sure. I really, really didn't like the Islanders in those three games. Even the win against Philly, it, they, right. they did not look good. So I think as long as they can turn it around, these next three games, and I want to jump. You know, we're gonna wind up jumping all ahead. It's these next three games as a set is how I want to, that's a determining factor of how they're going to be going into the playoffs. Yeah. Very important three games coming up. We'll talk about that uh, when we get there. Um, but yeah, we, we drop four to one uh, Boston, you know, takes that, that first game of, of uh, the previous week Then they lose three, nothing. And then they go into Philly and they win uh, one, nothing. And they didn't the, look the, good there either. The glaring like problem, crap. yeah, and, and Philly's not that great either. You know, they're they're trying to figure their their stuff out too. Um, but the the glaring problem here is the scoring woes, right? And, and we've seen this before. We've seen it under trots. We've seen, um, you know, before the end of the world last season, they stumbled into what was the the uh, the NHL pause. So, you know, we we've seen them go on this kind of a. a, a I don't know, lack of scoring, uh, scoring drought before, but it was a little different last year. We had some injuries. Pelic was out. Uh, Sezikis was out and not that they're scores, but it changes the dynamic of the team. Other, other players have other responsibilities and now things start to get a little bit out of whack. Uh, yes, where there are some injuries currently, you know, Bailey gets back into the lineup tonight. He missed the previous few games. Um, he, he looked like a different player. He looked very good tonight. Um, but you know, no, I don't think that the injuries last year versus the injuries that we had right now are the same as far as impact on the lineup. So I fully expect that that scoring drought that they went through to almost be over. I think it had a little bit to do with the post-trade deadline chemistry. They had a, a little bit of an injury bug that they were trying to figure out. But I think that they're, they're getting over that hump. And I was going to say that regardless of the score tonight because we did see that offensive outburst tonight. 6-1 against the Rangers. They looked very good. But previous to tonight's game, they only scored two goals in nine periods. So that's a, that's yeah. an issue right there. I mean, and I think it was more than just the scoring. That was part of them just not being on their game. They were letting, right. as we as we discussed the last few weeks, really. Right. Um, the, the Islanders are letting other teams dictate the play. And they're not making good passes. I, I All season, I've been very impressed with their neutral zone play. You know, right. especially regrouping. Sure. When, when they're fumbling the puck and they're not able to get pucks deep and they're not forechecking well, it's not just the scoring is just like 
the result of the whole thing. But they couldn't get their game together. They just yeah. weren't the Islanders that we had seen for their good stretch of the season. And I think a big problem is they're on or they're off. That's that's what's really worrying me is that you they can easily get on a little stretch like that of nine periods of just not looking good. And it's well, not like it's, oh, it's a bad second period. It's a bad this. They're not playing well. It's, it winds up stretching over a longer period of time, and they manage to catch some positive consistency and then negative consistency on a, on a fairly regular basis. That's the only consistency they have is that you know year over year they seem to have on and off periods. Prior to tonight's game, I don't feel like we saw that Islander team all season except for last week. I think last week was the lowest that they've gotten. I can uh, agree with that. A, a, as far as their play this this season. Um but again, I, I attribute that to, and I'm not pushing the panic button yet. A lot of people are, um, you know, criticizing the power play, which is, you know, justified. Um, but, you know, the scoring and everything as well, uh, five on five w- was obviously not there either. And, you know, Trotz is still trying to figure out where to put Zajac. Is there a spot for him in this lineup? When everybody's healthy, is he maybe the guy who sits? Does Komarov kind of maybe deserve to stay in an everyday role at this point? Yeah, that all might be true. Uh, where does Paul Mary fit in right now? He played real well with the second line tonight, and we saw a new third line of Bavillier, Peugeot, and um, Bailey, which I want to talk about a little later too. That was great. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because you get Paul Mary, you get Zajac, and, you you know, you automatically think Paul Mary is going to be the first-line solution. He hasn't seen first-line minutes yet, which is crazy. Very rarely. So, Right, and and the, the thing is, they're trying to figure out their top line still. You, you have Zajac up there, uh, who actually had a pretty good game there tonight. Um, but previously, Kamara was there, and he had actually been you know holding his own as well. Um, so they're still trying to figure out the line combinations. I think they got a little bit closer tonight. Um, you know, like we said a couple times now, six goals against the Rangers. Now, it was encouraging, but the Rangers are known for their defensive woes. They can score a ton, but they can also give up a ton. Um, you know, Shesterkin and Georgiev are great, but they, you know, they have holes. Their defense has holes. You know, Fox is, in my opinion, right now he could be a Norris candidate for sure. But keeping the puck out of their net, they're they're having a hard time with that too. So the top six really needs to step up. It's been a it's been a while for Barzell. Everlay Potts won tonight, which was nice, but you know, Trotz might have really found something with that Beauvillier, Peugeot, and Bailey line. Seven points tonight against the Rangers combined. Two goals for Bailey, a goal and assist for the other two. Um, Bailey also tallied an assist as well. So it, I like that line a lot if it can stay consistent. I, think I like this, that middle six. I don't know where you – I yeah. I wonder, you know, Dal, Dal Cole, if, if when Clutterbuck comes back, does that mean Dal Cole comes out? Um, I, I don't know how to rearrange the lineup. I will say this about Komarov, um, and I agree with all of your points. I, lo- I love that third line. I think it, it worked great, and that seems to be what can make or break this team. Yeah, um, that that secondary scoring outside of Barzell, if he's not going to be going, and Everly's not going to be going, they you know they did tally one tonight. It's really important that that line just on a in a matchup basis, like they need to take advantage of it. Um, but I will say this. And this might have implications for after this season, too. And it might not be what people want to hear. Um, when Clutterbox not in, I love Kamarov on that fourth line. It works. Um, having him in the lineup, I think, is important. I don't think he 
should be on the first line. But I think having okay. Komarov in the lineup to mix it up a little bit, he's a little bit of a the agitator, and, and and that's not really a position that the Islanders have filled before. That's not something that I, I realized that tonight. I'm like, even the last few games, he's like he's just there mixing it up. He's kind of jabbing guys a little bit. And, you know, Clutterbuck on that line play a heavy game, and that definitely gets under other teams' skin. But, you know, in the playoffs, these little chippy thing, like, you kind of want that pain in the ass on your side. Yeah. And if Clutterbuck's not going to be in, um, you know, I think even uh, Butch mentioned on the on the show, on, on the broadcast, you know, Clutterbuck's got a better shot. But overall, I think Comrov's game is a little bit better. Uh, yeah, and it, he... it does fit the fourth line. And, and to me, I don't, Either one of them, I think, work really well. Yeah, I think both they both have a, a spot on that fourth line for sure. Um, you know, and and Leo knows his role. He's going to play if he's put on the first line like he is. You know, under trots, he's going to make it work, and and he did. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. he, he's got a different mentality right now where where he's playing up to the expectation that he's supposed to be playing up to, and it's great to see. Is it going to last? I, I couldn't tell you because nobody expected this to even happen, but um, it's not like he's scoring goals, but he's doing literally everything else right, you know, including I think he had a, a real nice assist uh, a, a week and a half ago on an Eberle goal. Um, you know, he's doing everything else right, so right, that that we're kind of shockingly saying to ourselves and to each other, um, Komarov should be in tonight. <laughs> and yeah, and if when you're getting set up for success, it's amazing yeah. what will happen. Right. Um, it happens with defensemen all, all the time. You know, um, Goss Spear is a really good example of that. For sure. years, you know, he's being coached really well and being put in the position to succeed. And then all of a sudden he's not. And they're like, well, this guy sucks. And you're like, yeah. well, no, he shouldn't be. You're, you're putting him in situations. Of course, it's going to suck. He's not right. that kind of player. So if, to to see Komarov in the right spot on this team, you, I mean, granted, like salary cap stuff kind of goes away to a certain degree and all that kind of stuff. We worry about that at a different time. It seems okay. He's in the lineup. I thought Dow Cole looked at the last couple of games has gotten way more chances and is getting really close. Like he's uh -huh. bound to kind of break through. Like he's, he's he almost got it. the percentages. Like you can't work against them forever. Uh -huh. um, and on that second line, I, I think that's uh, Palmieri, Nelson and, and Dow Cole. I think that works. I think the issue becomes at some point, is it as like a Zajac Komarov getting switched around? Clutterbuck comes back. He's really he really belongs in that fourth line over Zajac. I, I I'm not really sure how that shakes out. Like if you think right, if you think that second line played well, if you think the third line played well, you should. They had seven points tonight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you know the fourth line is the the MC squared line that really doesn't leave a ton of options. Like, is that Komarov on the first right. line? Zajac's getting, uh, you know, put in the press box for the night. He's a healthy scratch. He's not playing particularly well with that first line. There's, um, I mean, outside of getting them control the puck off the faceoff, which is obviously important, something Trotz wants to do. Um, I, I think that's where some confusion sets in. And that's where you, you might see continued first and second line changes. I think that third line still yeah. So here's the thing, right? You you know, we're talking about who sticks in the lineup. Um, and, and really the mantra of this team has been next man up, right? They acquire Zajac, which was a depth move re in reality, right? He's just going to have to play 
in that in that next man up role. That's the thing. He's the next man up if Komarov comes out of the lineup. Here's something even more interesting that we're not talking about. Oliver Wallstrom didn't play tonight. Where does he, you know he what? I'm, I yeah. Now I'm I'm kind of forgetting about that, and and that might be the case, right? Um, maybe eventually he's got to get a scoring touch back too, right? And, you, right. and it, does he fit on that second line instead of Del Cole with Palmieri and Nelson? I think maybe that was already tried. I don't. That doesn't sound familiar. Maybe um, because Bavillier's been there. Um, so I doesn't that doesn't sound super familiar to me. But like um, you said, maybe he needs to also be set up for success. Maybe because that third line was doing so well, give him a crack at that first line left wing shot. Why not? Why not I throw him on that first line left wing? I think I think it's the minutes. That's probably what it is with Trotz. And he doesn't want to give him the minutes. Well, that's the that's the success part, right? You're he was having success. And he, like I said about just said about the third line a, a minute or two ago. That that line is getting good mat got good matchups tonight. Yeah, and that helps. So putting Wallstrom against the other team's uh, forechecking heavier line and a top D pair, you're not you you might not see Wallstrom have success right away, and you might right. have you know his his weakness is exploited by the other team, and you Correct. really don't want that. Now, at the same time, I don't know what you have to lose. I mean, Zajac, his the veterans are going to. Be better defensively, understand the systems a little bit quicker, yada yada. And if that's ultimately what it's about, yeah, I guess Ajax is your right and, and is your person on that line. And do, do I guess you leave it alone? But that's a I absolutely I remember when I first turned the game on because I missed a little bit of the first period, and I was like, oh yeah, Walsham's not in. And I saw the text chain with with you and uh, with you and Joe, and I was like. Oh yeah, he's on the lineup, and I just I remembered when he just when you just said it. Yeah, and it's a really good point. I I almost want to say it's that second line. I it, almost I think with Palm with Palmieri, Nelson, Wallstrom, I don't hate that. No, and then Dal Cole, I don't know. He's in the press box. I feel bad for the guy. It, yeah, is this? But listen, this is a good problem to have because the depth that we have, the the conversation we're having right now is a conversation that we did not have at this point last season when the Islanders needed that depth and they didn't have it. Now, I'll be different flexibility, but it was a lot more precarious. It right. was a lot of like, oh, Komarov, Pajot, and Guy, whoever. Right. And then it, Broussard in the second line. And it kind of, you're, you're, I don't want, it wasn't rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. The lineup went to the Eastern Conference final, but yeah. It, even on paper, you're like, yeah, I don't know how to make this. Like, I hopefully it works. Like, and and Trotz figured it out, right? To his credit, but on paper, sometimes you're like, I hope this works. Like, well, Jesus. and that's the thing, right? I think we I've said to you a couple of times, even on paper, uh, this season when you look at the lineup, it just looks much more full. And I know it's just words on a page, but it works, right? It it just looks leaps and bounds better than it did. At, at one point earlier in the year, um, and, and then earlier last year, right before they got Peugeot, it was like, oh my god, like there is such a hole in this team. And now, because well, Broussard didn't fill it, and that was right. a huge problem. It, right, it turned out to you know, uh, he he scored some important goals going in, you know, yeah, in, in the did. playoffs. So he worked out. It just was a winger. It just wasn't a, a consistency that the team had and that they needed. 
And now you look at the lineup and you're like, okay, we have so much depth and the lineup is so complete that we're we're kind of we're sitting guys yeah. we don't even want to sit right now. Like I don't want to sit Oliver Walsh now, albeit Trotz is right, right? The, the the kids need to learn the mental grind of this. And maybe he was off his game a little bit. Maybe it was okay for him to take a seat. Look know, at Bailey. But, I mean, yeah, granted, exactly. he may, may have been hurt. He came back, he looked reinvigorated. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, every once in a while it's good. And, and Dobson returned tonight and he looked real, real good tonight too. So he you know, needed, he really needed yeah, that. He was he needed it. fighting it. And that's why we got Coburn. And, and that's why I don't mind. And he looked good. He looked I, pretty good. I mean, again, limited minutes. He's protected, blah, blah, blah. Like, right. Mix and, it up a little bit again, a little bit of that Komarov, a little bit of, and that's, that's kind of playoff little chippiness. Like, you, right. you want to be able to, if you and are going to wind up playing a Boston in the first round or in the second round, you're going to need that. Right. And a couple more games under his belt in the regular season. He'll be, you know, he'll still get some sheltered minutes, but maybe not as much. And he'll be a little more acclimated and he'll look even better than he did in the first game in, in his first appearance, you know, with the Islanders. So, yeah. And I don't want to jump too far ahead because I know we can get down this rabbit hole pretty easily. But talking <laughs> about looking at the looking at the lineup and, you know, thinking like it looks really full. I had a different perspective on it and it's not as negative as you might think this is going, but it was like, man, instead of Zajac on that first line, if Lee was in the lineup yeah, and Palmieri is there, that third line clicks, even with Dal Cole in the second line, Wallstrom, whatever. Oh, what a difference. And that's not, yeah. it's not, not, that's nothing on Zajac, but no. um, and then, just, cause that was our conversation. That was in our thread earlier. Like, Man, I really hope they can get Palmieri signed in in the yeah. offseason. Like a lot of things have to go right. To your point, but I looked at the lineup and I was like, man, that would be that would be something. that would be sweet. Like, oh yeah. Then you look at the lineup and you see some depth. And if everything kind of line the the planets align for Lou this summer, oh boy, yeah. Uh, you go. You, it's for the first time in a long time. I think we're excited going into the season, and rightfully so. Right, you know, trying to put. In you know, in the perspective of the last th- three seasons, we'll see where the playoffs go and the success that they have. But yeah, that'd be that'd be something for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the Islanders score six tonight, which was it was encouraging. Um, hopefully, that puts their scoring woes behind them. They got a power play goal or two uh, tonight as well, which was encouraging to see. I know Pavilia uh, definitely got one. Um, but let's let's move on to uh, the Islanders goaltending and specifically. Ilya Sorokin's spectacular season. Let's listen to these numbers real quick. He's 12-4-1 with a 9-2-2 save percentage, a 2.02 goals against average, and he's 8-0-0 at the Coliseum. The question remains, should he be in the Calder conversation? Now, I know we spoke about this, I want to say, a dozen episodes ago. It's different now. You know, we were questioning, is he going to get enough games in? Maybe it wasn't a dozen. It might have been like six or seven. But is he going to get enough games in this, that, and the other thing? He's played 17 games now. He's going to get 20 starts. Is that not enough for him to be considered to be in the call to conversation? I think it should be in a, a truncated season. Now, not only that, he's by far the best rookie goaltender to be playing right now. I know, you know, that, that guy, uh, Lankin in with, uh, Chicago is playing pretty well with them, but they fell off a little bit. Um, and he doesn't have numbers like Sorokin has, but, um, right. you know, I, I think we, we 
have an idea that Kaprizov is the favorite, but should he not at least be there as one of the three finalists? It's at this point, yes. I, I mean, I don't see why not. And he may be on people's some people's ballots. You know, I don't know that he gets on the final, like, you know, what we what we see. Um right. but I think he definitely gets votes. He should. I don't know. I, I Kaprizov is is kind of something else. Just just a quick note. Um looking looking through the Calder Memorial Trophy winners. Uh looks like Steve Mason is the last goaltender to win, and that oh, was gosh. 2009. With the Thrashers, am I right? Uh, Blue Jackets. Oh, right. Okay, okay. He was with the Thrashers at one point, yeah? Um, I honestly, off the top of my head, I, I don't know. And then before that, um, Andrew Raycroft with the Boston Bruins. Wow. So it's not something that happens often. Often. that you know, that, Not to say that they're not nominated, but they it's very clearly very rare that they win now granted there are 30 30 whatever spots 60 goaltenders in the league and uh, it was it's not until recently that even two goalies on your team get pretty fairly consistent play um or games played so it doesn't surprise me you know young guy is not going to get the minutes to be considered you know yeah um, now that there's kind of this platoon style goaltending in, in the NHL, that's really worked for the teams that have leaned into it quite a bit, you know, led by yeah. the Islanders and uh, the Dallas Stars. Although the Dallas Stars, for some reason, seem to get more credit than the Islanders. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, even though the Islanders have been doing it for a really long They've had, you know, going back to Grice and Halak, they've had two really good goalies, two starting yeah. goalies for all intents and purposes for, for years. Right. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem. Doesn't seem super likely. It, it there's precedent. It has happened before, but even then, Roycroft. Uh, then it was Nabokov in 2001, and Brodeur in '94. So that is not very many, right? Um, in, in the last like 30 years. But like I said, it's it's possible. What do you think? So you know, I, I think about it in terms of. You know the the overall best rookie performances. Now this kid on Dallas, I think his last name is Robertson, is is lighting the lamp right now like crazy. Um, Kaprizov continues to do his thing, but the numbers that Sorokin is putting up can't be overlooked. Now he's got a better save percentage than uh, Semyon Varlamov, which is good to see. But he's in the top ten in in goals against. He's in the top. 10 in in uh, or or top 20 goaltenders in save percentage and if you look at that top 10 in goals against and top 20 in save percentage you don't see any other rookies there and it's not just the the numbers either it's you know he he steals games he's got three shutouts now it's not just that he's he's a a, a playing behind a good defense he's the reason that they won a couple nights ago in Philly they easily could have won that game three nothing, if the Islanders didn't score late in that game. I think he's definitely in that conversation. The, I the, think no, the numbers help if he gets the twenty starts. That definitely helps. Yeah. Um, like I said, for, I think he's for sure on ballots. I think. Let's just remove Kaprizov from the conversation for a minute. If he's not in the league right now, I think it's Sorokin's for the taking, and that's my unbiased opinion. I'm not. I don't know. Being, I don't know. Not to be biased here. I don't know enough about the other. 
rookies to be able to say. And so I'll okay. I'll I'll That's leave fair. it at he's in the conversation. Um, you know, they I think it depends on on the voting and do do people take into consideration that it's on the Islanders and it's a little bit of a protected thing. The same way that the same argument is always made about right. Martin Rodor and blah right. blah blah. Um, plenty of people will tell you it's not. I don't know that I believe that it's necessary. He's uh, a product of good defense. Right. Um, and, and Sorokin, you know, to exactly to your point, um, the Islanders don't always look good. You know, they are a defensive team and they do let up some chances. They're, they're yeah. not always high danger, but, you know, just like we've been saying about, you know, the schedule, you can only play the cards you're dealt. And Sorokin's, right. you know, he's winning games. He's, he's, yeah. and he's been really consistent and his numbers much like varlamov's have reflected the team's ability to play well when they're not playing well they lose four to one and three nothing right it's the whole team no one looks good um but you know then in philly they steal one right he sorokin specifically stole the game um because the islanders didn't have any business winning it it was another tough one to watch it was i've said this a million times i don't mind this team losing if they look good doing it and up until tonight they just looked a step behind yeah they didn't look like they they were they just weren't playing their game for whatever reason um it's amazing you know and we said this last year uh with with pelic out a couple things like it it worried me that it doesn't take much for the chemistry um, it's like Chris Traeger and Parks and Rec is like a piece of sand in a machine. It just like ruins the system. He gets like he gets <laughs> the flu and he just like loses it. Yeah. Um, that's what worries me about this team. It doesn't take much for the wheels to wobble a little bit. And when it's on, it's working. And they're really even when they lose, they they look like they're playing well and they're fighting. You know, they came they come back in games it's against Philly or Boston or whatever. Where they, I think it was against Philly. They lost four to three, um, but they were down three one. They fought back and they lost four to. Like, I want to see that fight in the in the third period. I want to see them play their game where they can lock it down or come back. You know, in the beginning of the season, that's all we were saying, right? Wow, this team is like this. Their ability to come back in games, and even if they're down early, that they're they're staying on track, and they were going to score three goals this game, whether or not the the other the opposing team scored in the first two minutes. Yeah, the Islanders were going to find a way to score three goals. It it didn't matter, um, and we've not seen that. We've seen them just get behind, and that's it. And that's you know, in the playoffs, they need to kind of pick up that level. I have every reason to believe they can do that, right. because they did that in the playoffs last year. And exactly in my point earlier, um, after the Peugeot trade, I think Palmieri picks it up. You know, but anyway, back to Sorokin. Um, I yeah, I think he's in that conversation. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 he should be. Um, but more, let, let's talk more internally for a second. Uh, this is a great question to be asking too, because I, in my opinion, the Islanders have the most competent goaltending in not only the East Division but probably the league. Is that unfair to say right now? 
Not, you know, honestly, I've not paid that much attention to like a Dallas, but just because I know they do, I don't know. If so they're there or something. They're a little injury rid- ridden, you know, between Kadobin. I don't know. Bishop hasn't played this season yet. Uh, same goes for in Colorado. Grubauer has been hurt. Francois has been hurt. They got Dubnik. Um, and over in Vegas, Laner's been hurt a, a bunch. Only recently has he been back playing with Flory. So I, I could say right now that the best goaltend, uh, goaltending tandem in the league, you'd have to say it's Vorlamov and Sorokin. Is it I, it's still, hard to argue against it. Is it still Vorlamov's net? 100%. 100%. I'm so glad you said that. 100%. And, 100%. and not you can come up with any kind of stat or reason. I had for, to ask the question because we had to well, talk about it. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely worth bringing up. But like, like I was saying, I think you can bring up whatever reason you think um, it, it could be Sorokin's net. Mm-hmm. And the response is Barry Trotz veterans. And a discussion. Exactly. It End is. Discussion. But not only that, Varlamov is playing so well this season. He's in the Vezina conversation. You know, there's been a bunch of talk that he could be one of the finalists. And, and you know, when people talk about the best goaltenders th- this season, he, he's up there. So it's not just like, oh, he's the veteran. It's his net. He's playing awesome. And that, you know, and that would be it. If he was a little, if this was uh, like Florida. Right. And Bobrovsky wasn't playing well, and Dredger comes in and plays. Yeah, it's his net, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And the numbers prove it. You know, it's. I think Bobrovsky still played a few more games, but it's still. It's you know Dredger. I think is is going to get some starts. Right. Um, I, you know his quality starts. I think are a little better and. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's it's absolutely it's right. the better it's the better goalies net to lose plus right. veteran status on another team with Barry Trotz as a coach. Yeah, it's for all my mom's net. Right. I don't yeah. have a question. Tonight I tweeted out before the game started, you know, got notification. Samuel Barlamo is in the net, tweeted it out. Got a bunch of tweets at me. Why is Sorokin not starting this game? How could you not start Sorokin? Sorokin, Sorokin. I'm like Let's pump the brakes, everybody. Uh, Semyon Varlamov in three games this season, and this was before the you know the win tonight, uh, is two and one with two shutouts, one oh two goals against average, and a nine sixty six save percentage. Do we really not want to play him tonight? Because the numbers are there, and Sorokin's numbers against the Rangers not that great. He's you know in the the high eight hundreds in goals against and. Uh, high threes for uh, I'm sorry, high eight hundreds for save percentage and high threes for goals against. So it, it's you know again it, it could be, could have been a team thing on the nights where he was in net against the Rangers. But bottom line is when Varlamov's in net, the the chances of the Islanders winning against the Rangers uh, greatly increase uh, as we saw tonight in absolutely one victory. I mean, thinking about the tandem, just going back to your point, and uh, sorry if I looked a little distracted. I was just, I wanted to look up the you know goals against across the league to see where the Islanders were. They're third, right, with a hundred and six. Um, so they're in the Jennings conversation again. Oh yeah, of course. Um, and you know, even even if they don't win it, just to kind of consistently be there, um, I, I think that's really. That's really important. I, I mean, you look at Vegas too. 
I think you obviously Leonard and and Flurry are a great tandem. Um, they both been playing really well this year. Hard to discount that. Mm. Um, so that they probably give beyond their tandem a, a run for their money. Um, they've they've I think had to yeah I mean Mark Andre Flurry's that that I think that's the difference here is for the Islanders they're much more the games are much more split. Um, whereas for for Vegas it's thirty to fourteen. Mm-hmm. Leonard's only played fourteen games, but right. he still has really good numbers, and then Flurry has ridiculous numbers. So I I think the Islanders definitely in that in that conversation. Um, well, okay, be- Sorokin's got 17 games played to Varlamov's 29, too, so that kind of makes sense. Um, but in the games that Sorokin's playing, like, like you gave the numbers, it's ridiculous, yeah. And, and wouldn't that be something if only three set, uh, three seasons apart, a pair of Islander, two different pairs of Islander goaltenders win the, the Jennings trophy at the season's end, right? The first time around, you had Laner and Grice win the, win the Jennings, and uh, at, at the end of this season, it's very possible that. Uh, Vorlamov and Sorokin take it, and it's just three seasons apart. You'd think, oh, you know, at least one of them would be the same goaltender, but just goes to show the development in the Islanders system with goaltending. Yeah, and it, it's not going to take much for the Islanders to take that over if they can kind of continue, um, you know, playing really good defense and getting on their game. Yeah. Um, and Vegas has one stinker of a game. They have 100 goals against so far. The Islanders at 106. It they. You know, others can get in that spot. You know, other teams around them doesn't take that much, so there might be a little bit of movement. But they're they're in the running. It, it's definitely it's definitely the case. So um, yeah, I'd say Vegas and the Islanders be- best two goalies, uh, best two tandems in in the NHL because they're very similar in how they deploy them. So I apologize yeah. in being wrong earlier. I feel like Sorokin had more games played than I thought. But. Yeah, he's at 17. He's on the cusp of uh, hitting that 20 mark, but you know, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. So, um, And one of those games might come uh, and probably should come uh, next week when the Islanders play wa- the Washington Capitals three times. This is, you know, I, I feel like we said this all the time, but this is the, probably the most important week thus far ahead of us. I think there are different um, reasons for them being important, though. In in the past, it was you know by the middle of the month we're going to know if they're going to make the playoffs, and they kind of like reach that bar. Now it's going to be like this is going to be playoff hockey. We're yeah. now it's a fight for first place. And Absolutely, three times in a row. This is can now can you take it to the next level with ten games left? Can you raise your game? Right. Can your guys get comfortable? Um. Can, and can you flip the script at a team? That owned you in the early part of the season. Right. That's why this is important. It's just a little bit different than those other conversations that we were having. The first one was reach that first level. You're, you know, that's this is tier one hard. Right. Now we're getting to tier two. Now and then you got and then tier three is just closing out the season, and tier four is going to be that playoffs. Right. But, now, now the Capitals have been a little bit on, a little bit off. They dropped the game to Buffalo. They lost five two. Uh, they, they dropped the game to Boston. Boston's a little rejuvenated. They got a little more juice in that lineup with uh, Hall and Lazar now. Um, but they, you know, Washington is a, is going to be a, obviously a problem currently in first place. Um, and let's talk about Anthony Mantha, who they acquired at the deadline. He scored in four straight games since being on the Washington Capitals. Wow, it's amazing what happens when you're on a good team. That's what I'm saying. And, and you know, 
tons of people were saying this this is a one-sided deal detroit won yada 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 pump the brakes guys this kid mantha they got a vetchkin and they got mantha now that's two elite goal scorers now i'll be it a vetchkin's the top tier elite goal scorer mantha is probably a middle of the pack elite guy but he's there right it's and now, threat. And in addition to oshi absolutely. and backstrom and right so you, with whatever you other, want to say about wilson uh, listen, Wilson's a gamer. All right, he knows how to he knows how to do all of it. He knows how to put the puck in the net. He knows how to uh, dish. He knows how to hit. It, it, well, I don't know if he knows how to hit. I don't think he knows how to that, hit. That's another conversation. <laughs> but bottom line is, he's a difference maker on that team. Now, insert Anthony Mantha. So is he. And and I, and I told you, I I wouldn't put it past him. I think he had nine goals uh, with Detroit. I wouldn't put past him to finish this season with twenty goals. He's that good of a goal scorer. He's going to be a problem for the East Division for the rest of this season. And they got him for three more years after this. So, And you got to think it's it's a little bit of deployment. It's a different. Um, he's, you're not going to be playing against the team's best. You know, yeah. in Detroit, when you're the best player, you're going right. to go against them. You have a Lechkin. You have an Oshie. You have all these other players that they're going right. to try to line match against. Um, and it's right. about he the was- team mentality. You know, if he's playing with a team that's a shoot first mentality, uh, yeah, you're you're gonna find success. Yeah, he was playing on the top line with Dylan Larkin, and he's a fantastic player. But now Mantha's playing on the second line with Nicholas Backstrom, who, in my opinion, is a better player than Dylan Larkin, and he, like you said, is not playing against the uh, opposing team's top defensive unit. So he's a problem. It's been a really good start for him there. Now. How do how do the Islanders you know come out of this week alive? They, they gotta you know at least take three points, in my opinion. I mean that keeps it, that just keeps it in in the exact same spot, that, and, and that would be a win in my opinion. It has to be at least that. At least I wouldn't be mad about that, obviously, but I wouldn't be happy about it. I don't know. That's I don't think that's what you're saying. I don't think you're. Wait, when you think of it this way, if they only took three points, so did Washington. Yeah, I mean, like I think that's a victory, but you're not happy about it. Just like the game against Philly, you won that game, but you're not happy about that. Like you, you know, like you always say, it depends how these games go. Too, if they take three of a possible six points, but they were in each of those games, I'm happy. I'm confident. I want to see the playoffs. I want to see regulation wins. I want to see controlling the tempo and and playing full sixty minutes like they did tonight. Um, I I really want to. I I would be happy with four of six. I want to see them get control of first with seven games left and have Washington chase them, and then the Islanders put their the pedal to the floor. That's what I want to. I think that would be really important. Yeah, of course. So we'll see how it shakes out. It's going to be definitely a tough week, but uh, an important week for the Islanders. Um, and you know, hopefully they could ride the wave of the Ranger game the, tonight or or yesterday, uh, as you're listening to this uh, into into next week and keep that goal scoring touch. Now, I don't know if the Capitals will continue to score the way they they have been. Uh, against the Islanders, they're a little bit of a better or or much better defensive team than uh, Boston. Um, you know, this year that their oh, yeah. defense is not there 
and uh, you know, and Buffalo, uh, who they played last week. So we'll see. It's a it's a big test this week, and uh, let's hope for three to four points at least. Um, but we we threw it out there on Twitter. We said to you guys uh, who might be listening right now and and our Twitter followers, um, you know, hit us with your questions, your comments, your concerns, and we will definitely address them. On the podcast, so we need a name for this mailbag, huh? Uh, Nassiman's answers. Nassiman's answers. Did I just make that up right now? I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't we'll know. Put, we'll put it on the drawing board. But uh, let's talk about uh, Tristan Peck tweets at us. We're playing like we did running up to the COVID stoppage last season. The results aren't too bad right now, but if we do start to rack up the losses, what can Barry do? Regardless of an all-right-handed top line, surely it's time to put Palmieri up there. <sighs> it's you know, it's a good question, and and I, and I totally understand your point. And this question did come pre-Rangers game. Um, Some of them did, and you'll you'll be able to tell which ones. Yeah, um, he looked real good tonight on the second line with Nelson. Uh, and, and MDC, it's it's interesting because I I don't know what the solution is to the top line right now. And as you said, it would be an all right handed top line. Um, so that's and, been the third line. Like it's, it was right. Agel, Walsh, and Palmieri. Or I don't know whatever. if that's something that Trotz is even thinking about right now. That could be something they do if the chemistry doesn't you know continue to uh, roll out the way it did after the Ranger game. Um, you know, and who knows, like I, like I said, maybe we do end up seeing Paul Mary on that top line because Walsham's got to get back in this lineup eventually as well. So I'm not too worried about the play up until this point. Um, it, like, like you said, Tristan, it, it is similar to up until the COVID stoppage last year, but I think it's just a little bit different because some of the key players that were not in the lineup last season are in the lineup this season. And I think they can definitely turn that around. I don't know, John, what do you think? I want to see it, but I get kind of why it's not happening. Yeah. Again, in the theme of the episode is uh, deployment. I really just don't think they want to put all their eggs in one basket. Yeah. I, I really agree. think it's trying to make, um, obviously when Barzell's on the ice, it just, he's, it's dangerous, right? Um, between him and Everlay, thing, things can happen. They just need to kind of light the fire a little bit. Yeah. Finding, you know, having Lee really work with them was, I wonder if that was a happy accident. I don't think anyone would draw that up. I mean, unless you're a hall of fame, future hall of fame, still the cup winning coach. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know that you kind of like do that and say like, yeah, this is the makeup what we want of our top line because the other lines don't necessarily look like that. The, the middle six, um, especially this season as it's you know currently constructed, is really good. You know, I I think the theme of every line though is and why Palmieri might not work on that top line or not be in the plans to to be constructed that way is it's especially the first three lines if you really think about it. Um, you have two guys that can score and a defensive guy. Zajac, Dalcole, Bailey. Now, granted, Bailey scored a goal tonight. That happens sometimes. Um, you get playmakers on their line. You know, you're going to dish and you're going to score. That's just the way that the game works. Um, but if you really think about it, that's kind of how the lines are constructed. Even, yeah. even to some degree, like you know, um, that fourth line. Maybe Martin is that guy, 
where he's you know he's pretty sound defensively, stays um, above the puck, um, and that kind of the whole line in that case is really defensive, and they know exactly what their role is. But Palmieri outside of special situations, late in periods, blah blah blah. I don't know that I. I want to see it. I absolutely want to see it more often. Yeah. But I don't see it. I, I don't think that's how Trotz constructs his lines. Yeah. We'll see if that happens, Tristan. Uh, I feel like at some point it, it might. But, you know, if this middle six currently uh, continues to play the way they did, you might see that stay the way it is right now. Um, and, and who knows, you know, what's going to happen with that top line. Bellows did get a shot on that top line in Lee's absence early on. So who knows if Wallstrom maybe uh, slots in there, you know. He's a possibility. If they trust him enough defensively, huge if. Carrying yeah. all the weight in that sentence. Yeah. That's the only way. Like, they yeah. have to trust him, and I don't know that they do. Right. And that's the question. They can kind of rely on Zajac to understand his role. Correct. And win the faceoff. I re- that's tough. Yeah. You know, Barzell was not the best. You know, he wasn't the best Islander in, in the dot this season. Correct. So to have somebody kind of replace that and make down down the middle, you're going to win the faceoff one way or another. You have five centermen out there that you know you can win a faceoff, or four centermen, not counting Barzell. Yeah, it's really it's really difficult not to see somebody like that. Even Komarov could step in and, and take draws. Yeah. Uh, Lee took a lot of draws, so yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I do. I, like I said, I want to see it just to have it work. And they pot four goals in a period, and you're like, <laughs> "All right, well, this is what we were doing, eh?" Like, geez, this is what we were waiting for. Yeah, some, something like that. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, multiple comments about the scoring uh, and the power play as uh, huge issues for this team and could derail their bid for the cup. And, you know, those are those are definite uh, comments that I, I, I totally understand. I, I could totally uh, get behind why you guys feel that way. Um, look, the, the power play, it's been this way for a long time. I I don't know if it's it's personnel at this point, and it's not you know maybe the coaching, but it just seems like nobody's moving their feet now. You do hope that Paul Mary changes that a little bit, right? Because he's kind of a power play specialist. He's scored a bunch on the power play with the Devils. Um, so you know, only seven games in, small sample size. Maybe things will turn around. Did you see their power um, play goal tonight? Yes. It, what it was, was the difference? It, it's so simple. A ton of movement. They snapped the puck around. A ton of movement. I, that's that's it. And they were passing uh, uh, right snap. And they that's don't. The important do part is you know the the confidence. I think it's a confidence thing too with this team. Yeah, but that's years of like just. Oh no, of course. Simply, but... simply not doing it. And they find it's weird that they find the creativity five on five. They're a strong five on five team. They're they're a top five five on five team. Right. Um, easy for us to say. So. I, I think there's they they need to have that confidence on the power play that they can do that. But it's a lot yeah. when you're throwing your you know four top offensive players on a line or whatever you know and Martin how whatever you have your power play that that night. 
they just need to move the puck around. You watch other good teams and other yeah. good power plays. It's they're not taking their time in this curling. And this is somebody I was I was brought up on that kind of like Russian, you know, curls and all this other stuff. Like I'm even tired of it. You know, like you play north south. Bar- so on the power play, Barzell's got to get the puck in. They got to move the puck around. But even Bailey gets the puck on the wall. He's doing these little curls, and yep. he, you know, um, they need to make sharp, crisp, confident passes. They need to move their feet, and all will be well. There's off to high often. to low, high slot bumper. Yes. Like it's it's those little things. Like I don't, I don't think it's complicated. A lot of the league uses the same formula. It's because right. it's hard to defend. You can right. know it's coming. The Ovechkin thing. Unless you're going to lay somebody down in front of a veteran stick all night, he's going to score. He's yeah. almost bound to. Absolutely, I know. So uh, yeah, they just need to they just need to snap it around a little bit. Yeah, hopefully they can have you know Paul Mary figure it out in that spot. Maybe Wallstrom could reprise his role in that spot and and find his touch again. He he really did make a difference. Um, he's definitely you know most likely feeling it a little bit right now. The grind might be getting to him a little bit, so. Maybe this night off was necessary. He can come back and hopefully pot a few more. Uh, Jarrett says, I'm feeling less confident that they'll make it out of the first round. Now, I think it's a little too early for that, Jarrett. I think, uh, you know, tough week. But, you know, keep in mind uh, everything involved here. You know, a few games after the trade deadline, you got two new players in the in the lineup nightly. Um, the rookies needed a rest. Dobson gets his. Um, Bailey gets a rest for himself, you know, getting a little bit healthier again. Uh, Clutterbuck is the only one that's that's really missing out of the lineup. Michael Dal Cole has been pretty consistently healthy now. Um, Bailey's, like I said before, is back in again. Um, so I, I think there was a few factors that were contributing to the the lack of of good play last week. Um, but it's only been one week. Of a bad play, they rebounded tonight against the Rangers. I would have may- maybe been a little more hesitant to to disagree with you right now with that they won't make it out of the first round if they had lost to the Rangers tonight. But you know the 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 elite team and and the the top team that the Islanders are showed up against the the Rangers who are surging. There's nobody hotter in the East Division right now than the Rangers. Put them to sleep, moved on, scored six goals, and and. You know, they, they, they hopefully can ride that wave, like I said, into Washington next week. I think that if they only come out of that, you know, if they only come out of next week with one or two points, then, yeah, we, we have something maybe maybe there that, that we can agree on that, you know, maybe it's possible they don't make it out of the first round. But as of right now, I, I think it's too early for that. I think there's they're poised, poised for a Stanley Cup run. I don't, it's hard to speculate about how far they'll go. And you never, it could be you run into a hot goalie. Rask can easily steal two rounds. Um, the, the the Capitals tandem has been good. Um, who's the, who's the, the Washington goalie with the V last name? I'm forgetting off the top Vitek of my head. Yeah, Vanacek. He's been good in, in stretches. It doesn't, it, the playoffs are just a completely different animal. So I don't, if the Islanders lose in the first round this year and the series was like, yeah, they dominated and ran into a good goalie, like that happens all the time. Yeah. And and they, they can lose the series four to you know, you look back at the Penguin series years ago, like that series is way closer than four to two. 
Yeah. You know, so you look at that, or even last year, if you're the if you're the Philadelphia Flyers and you look at the Islanders series, you go, yeah, we lost in seven games, but like I'm talking about mostly overtime games. You know, and you can look at the the Tampa Bay series as the Islanders and and say something similar. Right. We won in overtime. We lost in overtime. It was tight game. You know, it's little things here and there. It's a lot of puck luck and and all that kind of that bullshit. But, um. Yeah, if this continues, I agree with you. Um, but they they shook it off. Um, now is again ten games remaining, a nice round number. I just want to see the consistency. Lose yeah. the games, go seven and three. But with those three games, better Be look damn it. good. Be in it. Better look super good. Right. Win totally games. You know, work your way through and win games you shouldn't. I.e. that that you know uh, read rather the the Flyers game. good teams make that happen you play like shit you still win yep the thing is when you lose you still gotta look like you should have won correct Uh, the 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 leafs against um vancouver the other night clearly the better team god that was such a win with with the hashik uh pinwheel save that was amazing um bring me back to my road hockey days (laughs) um you know that that's kind of that's that happens sometimes, and yep. it happens over five or six games. Not odd. Islanders have gone on stretches like that, where they let in like four goals in eight games, or whatever. It's a crazy number. Like there were six goals in seven games. That can happen in a playoff series. It's not that nuts. So I wouldn't worry about them making it out of the first round. Uh, maybe the last handful of games, you start seeing, okay, here are the trends. They're, they're going in the right direction. You want to see them build momentum, but um, I don't know that I'm thinking about that yet. I, you know, I think it's one, maybe it's because we do the podcast. So I'm only thinking one week at a time. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's super not, it's not worth looking, you know, looking that far ahead. It's kind of like the weather. Yeah. Like you can look at a 10 day forecast all you want, but that's going to change. Depends on the, it depends on the context, right? Because we're talking about, you know, someone's asking us if they're going to make it out of the first round, and we're basing that on the bad week that they had. You know, you got to look at the bigger picture here. They've had a fantastic season, have they not? It's a fantastic season. You can't take that away from them. But even a small sample size, playoff series are small sample sizes. True. It can be four games. True. It can, the the Capitals. Valid series, point. The Capital series last year. That was a five game series against the Capitals. Right. Valid point. But in in terms of the the uh quantity of, of play more often than than not they've they've been on their game so but they're I, I so be... capable of not being the Islanders. agreed and agreed. that's and it's worth going in with you know cautious optimism agreed. into a playoff series with any one of these teams especially one that boston showed that you know with taylor hall they're a different team pittsburgh showed this season that they're still really good and have the they can have the Islanders number, yeah. And it remains, you know, the jury's a little still out against the the Capitals and the Islanders this season. So it's a huge toss up going into that those first and second rounds, and yeah. I think that's what everyone has to understand. It's going to be tougher than normal getting out and going back to the Eastern Conference Final this year for the Islanders. Yeah, let's see what happens this week, Jared. But I wouldn't be so quick to hit that panic button yet. Uh, still plenty of time for them to uh, figure out their their scoring woes and everything. I, I listen. I don't know about the power play, but 
plenty of time for them to figure out the rest. And I think that's that might have started tonight against the Rangers. We will see. At the underscore NJM uh, says to us, is this the last we'll see Zizekas as an Islander, given the amount of money that's going to be due to Pelic, Sorokin, and Anthony Bavillier? And that's the question that everybody's been talking to each other in Islanders universe virtually since last last season when uh, Matt Barzell finally, finally put pen to paper, right? We knew who the team was going to be this year, and the immediate question started, uh, what happens next year? We have four key components who are going to either restricted or unrestricted free agency. Now, I'll start by saying this. I, I do think Sezikis will be back with the Islanders next season. I don't think Matt Martin gets four years without a contingency plan to also keep Casey Sezikis around as well. Uh, as yeah, you far, said that. We said this exact thing last week. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll continue to say it. I'll, I'll you know, speak it into existence. Pelic is going to get his money. He's staying. He's not going anywhere. Sorokin, we know, is not going anywhere. And the he's question an continues. Too. Yeah, he's an RFA too, but so is Anthony Bavillier, and he's the consistent question mark. I, I don't think he goes anywhere either, though. I think they all somehow come back. Now they're going to take they're going to take haircut on the COVID problem, and they're going to take uh, Islander discount, like home homegrown discount. I think I think there will definitely be some homegrown discounts. A lot hinges on what happens with the uh, Seattle expansion, but I don't know. I I have this. I have this inkling of a feeling that this is the off season where Lou can figure out how to get rid of that lot contract. I think he figures it out this season. And I think the I reason think there's that, other things. That, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, I think the reason that is, is because you saw some creativity, this trade deadline with multiple teams being part of a deal. So maybe, you know, he gets traded to one team for, you know, part of a salary and then that team flips it to another team for That's another right. part of that salary. So it's very possible that you know Lou figures it out this season. And let's just say, you know, Seattle ends up taking for argument's sake, I don't think this is going to happen, but a Josh Bailey flips Andrew Ladd. Now suddenly you have ten and a half million dollars to work with. Um I think it happens. And, and you got to remember, there's, um, I believe Dal Cole comes off the books. I believe uh, Josh Hosang was on a one year deal. Yeah. Was Dal yeah. Cole not also on? Now, this, we're talking about $700,000 pop here. Right. Um, but the little, the little numbers add up. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are some things that come off the books. Now, they just signed that free agent out of, I want to say, North Dakota, uh, that college Colorado. player. Um, so, you know, that's probably league men and all that, that kind of stuff. And probably mm -hmm. a two way. And I think, yeah, definitely a two way. So AHL salary right. is a lot less. Um, so, you know, so I, I think it can, I think it can add up, um, to, to work out. I think then the question is that does, can Palmieri stay? Right. And that's going to be, um, you know, could he take a little bit of a COVID discount to stay on a team Maybe. in the same area with an organization that values him and blah 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 yeah i i want to say yes 
I, I I think probably in the same vein, you know, willing it into existence that, that you had said, um, it probably has more to do with what kind of noise can the Islanders make and does Palmieri believe it can be replicated another season? Because yeah. if it, if he does, then you got to think Peugeot got here, they lost a bunch of before he even played and then they lost a bunch of games. He signed an extension. So I, I'd be willing to bet that Kyle is, you know, liking what he sees so far. He's probably not super satisfied with what he's doing and knows that he need, he's playing for a little bit of a contract. Um, even with how the Islanders is playing, it's a little bit different. But tonight show he can get the chances. He's just got to bury it. Um, so that that becomes more of my my question um, outside of that. And I, you know, going back to the original question with Sezikis, I think he wants to stay. I don't yeah. think he's going. There. It doesn't. Lou wants to keep the core together and then add one piece. One or you know one little thing every year. You know right. this year, last year was Peugeot. This year is Sorokin. Then right. some internal candidates, and then it was Palmieri, and it was Zajac. Right. I think every every little th- he wants to add a little bit if he can, um, right. and he's savvy enough. He'll make the money work one way or another. I, I don't I don't want to say I'm not worried about it, but he's given an Islander fans no reason to believe that he won't make it work. Right. Yeah. So I I. I sincerely think all four of our players that are going to free agency restricted or not uh this offseason will they will return uh and and the question really is like john said more is kyle palmieri gonna remain on long island and i'll say this sorry i know you heard me do the like i was gonna (laughs) say something i i think what's important to remember here too is so we go into last season we the offseason we know money's going to be tight Unexpected, Devin Devontae's gets traded. Mm. Hold on to your butts, Islanders fans, because between the expansion draft and you, you never know. I think that's where you don't. Something's got to happen, right? It's either you got to move Lad or you got to move something a lot like that contract, right? Um, for argument's sake, that's where Bailey comes into play here, but. That's it's that's that that amount of money that you kind of need to free right. up and be able to move around to really make a difference here. So just to think, just be, you know, and also think about it like this: um, Bavillier already makes a contract, so you're talking about maybe a million or two in addition to what he re- already makes. Sezikis is probably going to get a, a little bit of a cut from what he's making because he's he was making a good amount of money. So a lot of this money is existing in the cap. And then you're only finding five or six million dollars. Not to give to one, you know, even if one guy gets it, it's only a three million dollar raise or whatever. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of that that needs to happen too. But don't, I don't know what that might be. I don't think the most surprising thing would be Bailey being moved, which might mean that it's something else. So I, I think it's just like, be open to the idea. I don't think anybody ended last season and the run that the Islanders had and said, you know who's going to get traded? Taves. That yeah. makes sense. That's true. Absolutely not. So expect although, the unexpected. Although I did put him in a, a, a mock scenario where we flipped him to Detroit for Anthony Mantha, who's scored four goals for Washington right now. But I'm going to let that go. I mean, that's a <laughs> hockey trade. That's not a cap. Right. Savvy move, right? He 
did it, and it's tough to see Taves have some success in Colorado. I mean, you yeah. want to see him. It's a different right? team. It's but a different team. At, at this, at this, and anyone that's comparing Mayfield and Taves' numbers this season, Stop. don't do that. Stop. That's not the same thing. That's like saying this banana is not as good as this hamburger. Well, <laughs> the, that is not. And some people do put bananas on hamburgers. I think that's a thing. Whatever. But that's not. What I'm, that's not my point. Uh, um, we have a food argument. Different time. Um, <laughs> we, we've already seen that happen. Although it was dressing, whatever. Stop doing that. You look. <laughs> you look ridiculous because they are just not the same player. No. No, at all. That is no. not now what happened. And you want to compare numbers a, even a little bit is Letty and Taves because they were partners last year. And Letty seems to have picked up the slack for the defense and some. So even though I don't love that comparison, I think it's much better. Correct. So stop comparing Mayfield, who some players have down years. They're still top four in the league in goals against still fairly consistently good he's a good player on this team he's a top four defender in the league and he only makes a million bucks a year yeah and he only makes a million bucks so um, we're going to love Scott Mayfield on this podcast <laughs> uh, is what we're going to do um, whether you like it or not whether you like it or not. Well, you know, I just think he's a good he's a good player. I don't he's not a standout guy yeah. and yeah, they've been has has that pair had a rough season? Sure. That's fair. Don't go overboard and then start being like, I, why, why did we give up Taves? It's because he doesn't make a million dollars." I'm sorry. Right. I you can't like that's that's something you can just like have like revisionist history about and change all this crap. That it just doesn't work like that. Right. So At some point in, in Colorado, I think in his third, second or third year with them, he'll be making close to $6 million a year. And yeah. And not to say working. he's not worth it. Right. But the way that the Islanders are it's currently constructed, um, are we going to wish we had Taves when maybe Letty's 32 or 33 at the end of his contract? Yeah. That'd be great. Um, but you had to make a move for now. And right. the Islanders are. You know, two wins away this upcoming week from having sole possession of first place, unless the Penguins go on an absolute tear, which is entirely possible. Yep. They turned out okay. They finally got the offense you wanted. You can't go back and be like, but Devin Taves, no, no. <laughs> you can't stop it. You know, and, like, and you can't even you can't even look at his offensive numbers and, and even the advanced stats and be like, oh, but look at how well he's doing in Colorado. It's Colorado. He's famous they, like Makar. They right? score. They score at will. Let's call a spade a spade. They score at will. He's with. He's paired with Makar and playing on the first unit with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and, and Gabriel Landeskog. Plus, that's a power play unit. Just give me a break. All right. It's a yeah. different. It's different. If he was playing with the Islanders right now, his numbers would not be as inflated as they are. Great for him. That's more his style. That's more his. Uh, structure and and probably the the style of play for him be, and the system for him to be playing in, but it just that's not how it would have been with the Islanders. Not to say he wouldn't obviously make our defense better because he would, but it just it just wasn't in the stars. Yeah, it's just yeah. Stop the comparison. 
we have what we have. This is it. Buy in now. Get on the bandwagon. Let's go Islanders. <laughs> uh, how about this? How about this moment to make us feel old, John, to end the show? Because you and I were up there, man. Yeah, I hate this a little bit. <laughs> go ahead, take it away. Oh, uh, uh, the Spencer Knight, <laughs> um, who I believe just won a gold medal in the World Juniors, if I'm not mistaken. Um, one of the two Florida Panthers upcoming goalies, the first goaltender born in the 2000s to appear in an NHL game, turned aside 33 or 34 shots earlier tonight on Tuesday to earn a win in his league debut. I hate that. I mean, good for him. That's great. Yeah, but good for him. It's really, it was hard when it was like, guy born in 1997, you know, or, you know, that's that's a bunch of guys where like, um, when you hear this Marlowe stat, like when he started in the league in 97 and some guys were Austin Matthews was like two weeks old or whatever, you know, whatever these things are. Um, this one hurts even a little more than that. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's weird how the, the league <laughs> changes and, um, you know, when you look back 10 years ago and guys are born in the seventies still, you know, early eighties and then that's slowly fading away. And then you're the same age as some of the guys. And then you hear on puck soup, you hear Ryan Lambert go, Oh, the guy's 31. He's toast. And I'm like, but I'm 30. <laughs> and you're like, that's I'm old. It's like, you know, it's, I understand it's old for hockey to a certain right. extent. I still don't think it's that old, but you hear that kind of stuff. And it, it's, it's tough to, to swallow sometimes as I like struggle to get up and down the ice in beer league. But yeah, yeah, then you hear this and you're like, oh my God, this is uh very different. Yeah, totally wild. It's it, it is not my favorite stat, but it is a good one. It's a great it's a great stat. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely. And I it's I don't I don't want to be I like promise I'm not gonna be the person that's like, I remember when it was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like congratulations to the kid. You know, new wave of hockey. I'm excited to where the game's going to go, uh, what players like that can bring to the table, um, the creativity and the Shvetnikov stuff, and all you know, a, the, a generation of players brought up on YouTube and Pavel Barber um, is, is going to be great. So I'm not going to be one of these guys and be like, oh, these young players and whippersnappers don't know how it was in the 90s and the burp. I, I don't care. It was the 90s. It was great while well, it lasted. Um, it is not that anymore. Um, we want to score more goals and do all that stuff and more high, more high skilled. So it's fine. We'll all live. We will. That about wraps it up for this week, John. I regret to inform all of you that this is my last podcast as a single man. You said that way too slow. Can we talk about that? <laughs> I was like, uh, don't worry, I I'm going this anywhere. was a huge surprise. If you're watching this on YouTube and you see my eyes light up like a goddamn Christmas tree, don't worry. I'm dude, I thought anywhere. he was leaving the show. Never. This Jesus, is, this don't is, you do can't, that. You're as married to me as Stephanie will be on Friday. I'm what sure you... Stephanie super wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but next time you hear this, I will be a married man. Uh, send your send your well wishes and. And and please don't be like the rest of those people who who say to me, "Why are you getting Why are you getting married?" Because because I am because I want to. You guys are ridiculously stupid, disgusting, in love, and I hate it. I hate following both of <laughs> you on Instagram. God damn it! Hey man, it is what it is. But okay, love, love is dumb. 
Thank you to everyone who is listening right now, our listeners. Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network and the Hockey Writers. Uh, let's all take a moment to please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Massive and Hockey, and you can find our work at the Hockey Writers. And until next time, everybody, let's go, Islanders. Yeah.